Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com, here with Mr. Jeff Perry. Say hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Anyways, hope everyone's day is going well so far. Today I want to dive into something, and this is something that I'm very good at. A lot of people see me do this, you know, online, coach classes, things like that. Uh, I've got some extensive background in this, and this is kind of finding your niche. Niche? niche. Yeah, I guess it depends on how you want to say it. Growing up in the, the uh, mortgage industry, it's always been one of the two. Like no one ever came in and said, here's my niches. You Here, know? It, that's like saying my sachet versus sachet. Right. But I got niches for days. <laughs> <laughs> Come by and check out my niches. <laughs> Anyways, so I wanna, what I want to talk about is that finding what you're good at and kind of focusing down your business to what it is that you're passionate about, what you feel good about, and what it is that you believe in. Because obviously, you know, in, in any type of industry, if you don't believe in what it is you do, you're not going to be passionate about it. You know, back in the day when I was younger, I went to a, and I talked about this in the previous podcast, I went to a Kirby vacuum sales thing, and they were trying to hire on people. And I got tricked into going, but I went anyways. And one of the questions he asked is, you know, how do you become really good at selling something? And my answer was believing in it. Mm -hmm. You have to believe in your product to sell something that's out there. And that probably was the best answer that this guy had heard in a long time because it was a truthful one. If you don't believe in something, you're not going to be good at selling it because the passion's not behind you on it. You know, it's just like hobbies kind of. Hobbies are something that people enjoy doing and, and they're good at them in most cases mm -hmm. because they have enjoyment and they research and they look into and they understand it. You know, my thing is helping veterans. That's been a hobby of mine or a passion of mine for a long time now. Mm -hmm. I had a, a timeline thing pop up on my Facebook and Jeff I know because – you don't have Facebook. You don't know what I'm talking about. But no. there's this thing that reminds you, you know, something that happened a year ago, five years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. And it was a thing that popped up that was like six years old. And it was talking about being able to help a veteran get into a home. Like my seasoning of that goes way back, you know, wanting to help veterans, the passion of doing that. And that's something I identified. And that's the message I always send across. I don't sit here and say, hey, let's uh, get first time home buyers." And that's what we're going to focus on. And that's what I'm a specialist or the word I love people say is an expert. I'm an expert in helping first-time homebuyers. And then the next day they're like, I'm an expert in helping multi-million dollar listings too. Because there's no way you can truly be proficient in two separate areas like that that are completely polar opposites. You know, if you have something like I enjoy helping veterans and first-time homebuyers, well, sometimes you'll get a veteran that's a first-time homebuyer. And so those two things fall into play. But it's really about sitting down and analyzing and figuring out who your perfect client is. Because the one thing that people do, mortgage people, real estate people, sales people, car salesmen, whatever it is, their ideal client is somebody that is a slam dunk. No questions about it. A real estate agent's ideal client is someone that's a cash buyer. Why? Because it's a quick, easy transaction, right? Mm -hmm. A car salesman's perfect client is somebody that knows what they want. They come in, I want a blue XYZ vehicle with this and this feature, and that's what I want. Sell it to me. I know what I'm going to pay for it. Here's what it is. A person in the mortgage industry, we want a person that has good credit, has all their money in order, 20% down, low DTI, which debt to income ratio for those of you that don't know what that means. And is kind of a slam dunk deal. That's the ideal client. But that may not be the ideal person that you want to actually go out there and help. And identifying those things is huge. Sitting there and looking and saying, hey, what is it that I enjoy? What is it about my personality that's going to attract people? Because let's face it, if you're a devout Christian and you are a real estate agent, you don't necessarily 
have those comforting feelings if you're sitting in a car with somebody that's complete opposite which is like a satanic, you know, worshiper or something like that. How awkward would that situation be? You know, what if they're a first time home buyer though? And you're like, I'm an expert. It's all good. Get in the car, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So you identify those people and, and naturally you're going to do a couple of things. And, and I always hear this. People are like, well, when you narrow your scope, aren't you losing business? You hear that quite a bit, don't you? Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is you're not really losing business because you're focusing on something. Like I talked about yeah, in a previous – you're not just trying to trap everything you can catch in a big net that you throw out. Right. It's it's fishing for what it is that you want. You know, I said this the other day. If you, if you go to fish for catfish, what are you going to also catch? Carp. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they eat kind of the same thing, you know, and they're, and they're both more bottom-feeding fishes, and that's what you're – you're fishing for a catfish, but you're going to catch carp. But if you're not using something that attracts both of those fish, you're not going to catch shit, or you're going to catch something that you really don't want. You know, and so having that right – I hate to use the word bait because it sounds so cliche, you know, bait. You're not baiting people in. What you're doing is you're projecting a message of what it is you truly enjoy. In my situation, I truly enjoy helping veterans. How does that reflect on my daily life? Well, I love guns. I love things of of very high adrenaline. You know, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love a lot of things that if you were to put in categories what veterans enjoy, a lot of the things I enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis falls into that category. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it very easy to attract people just like that. Now, that's not saying every veteran in the world likes guns and believes in the same things I do and everything else, but that's a natural deflection. That's kind of like being the devout Christian that's in a car with a satanic worshiper. That deflection, if that person was being the real them, would have automatically deflected that person because the other person would look at him and say, I don't want to have anything to do with this person. We don't have the same belief systems. you know. But far too often, people say the things that they think other people want to hear. You know, they, they feed whatever it is that their training coach or marketing coach tells them to feed off of that week and whatever their training coach and marketing coach tells them to put out there. I get on Facebook all the time, and you see these posts that are identical. You know, you'll see 15 different people posting the exact, literally the exact same thing. Copy, paste, boom, done. And the fact of the matter is that's not you. So why are you posting somebody else's ideas? Why are you posting other things that other people want and other people think is best for them? Why are you not posting ideas that are your own, that are genuine, that are actual thoughts? People ask, how how do I get so much traction on Facebook? I get traction on Facebook because I, I post things I truly believe in. And people buy into those things because that's the person that they decided they liked in the first place. And the same thing goes with your clients. The other thing I want to hit on is expert. Expert, expert, expert. You hear that all the time, don't you? Mm-hmm. I'm an expert. I'm an expert VA home loan expert. And the you know, I, there's things that you can be an expert on. There, there truly is. There's things that you can, you know, get down pat, and you're truly an expert at those things. But when you have an ever-changing model and an ever-changing product like the 26-7, which is the VA lender's handbook, when those things are constantly changing, you cannot be an expert. You can be a specialist. You can be really good at it, but you have not become so proficient at that one thing that nothing slides past you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that's why I like using that term specialist. I'm a specialist at what I do. I know what I'm doing. I've done a lot of them, and I will continue to do a lot of them. It's just like if you were going to a brain surgeon. And I hate using the analogy of people that are in the medical field because that seems to be the most common analogy that people in the mortgage and real estate industry use. But if you're going to a brain surgeon, I come to you and, and, and I say, Jeff, how many brains you worked on this year? And you say, oh, two, you know. 
I'm not trusting you to stick a scalpel in my skull to to start going to work. I want the person that's worked on 20 brains that week. You know, I want to know that I'm in the best care of hands. And I see this all the time on Facebook where people are like, oh, uh, I'm a VA specialist. And then I go look at their NMLS record and they've been in the industry for six months. I'm like, you're not a specialist at shit right now. You're not even a specialist at your LOS, which is a loan operating system. You know, so that terms used very lightly. And I see a lot of companies out there that are saying, you know, sign up here, pay $95 and get accreditation for um, a VA specialist or VA expert or whatever it is. You know, you get accreditation to say that you've went through this class. And that's great. Everybody has to have a starting point. You know, you didn't sit down one day and just say, oh, I know how to tie my shoes now. Good to go. You know, you, it was practice, practice, practice. Sometimes I wake up in the morning, I still don't know how to tie my shoes. Mm-hmm. I know. Half the time, I don't even tie you my don't. shoes. I yeah, just put them in knots. You tie a little knot at the end. Yep, I put a knot in the end, and I'm ready to roll. <laughs> but that's because I knew I didn't want to bend over and tie my shoes all the time. So I just put them in double knots, and I slide my feet in, and I'm good to go. But, you know, the, the thing is, is we're always learning. We're always growing. And if it's deceitful to some people when we say, hey, I'm an expert or a specialist at XYZ, and then you actually get a client who needs that specialist help, and then it falls through. That's disheartening for a lot of people. And that's one thing that, that I want people, at least in the year 2019, to really focus on what it is you're passionate about and kind of market and gear everything that you're doing towards that because it's important to understand what it is that you enjoy, what it is that you're good at, and what it is that you want to do and how it is that you want to help clients, not just in the mortgage and real estate industry, although those are the two most closely related things to me. But Jeff, you and I have talked about this before. You want to start a small business. And you always ask, what is it that I can do? Or what is it that I can get into? And what's my first question to you every single time? What do you like? What do you like? What do you enjoy? What are you passionate Mm -hmm. about? What do you know a lot about? Because it's very easy. You know, you're big into jet skis. Mm -hmm. And so toss a, a term out that has to do with jet skis. If I'm a potential buyer, and I'm talking about a supercharger on a 2017 FZR, what are you going to know about? The supercharger, right? Right. Exactly. So if you know about that information, it's much easier <laughs> for you to get in there and discuss that than if you have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. If you hate jet skis, but you got into the industry because it was cheap and easy, would that be something you could proficiently sell and talk to people about? Or would people eventually be like, you know what? This guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, of course, you've got to be interested in it. You got to be interested in it. And it's got to be something that you truly have a passion for. You know, you get a lot of people that get into things, especially the real estate and the mortgage industry. They get into it because they see it as quick money. And then what happens? And you know this from the people that we've hired in the past. Mm-hmm. What happens is people get into it and find out it's not that easy. And so they sink or they find different areas to swim in. And it's unfortunate because you never want to see people fail, but it was the thought process that this is quick and easy. Right. You know? The other thing is, like, I have a friend of mine. She's one of the top agents when it comes to first-time homebuyers. That's her passion. She truly enjoys helping people get into their first home, no matter what the credit challenge is, no matter their current situation, whatever it is, that's what she focuses on. And she is extremely successful at it. And on the other hand, you see other people that don't want to deal with first-time homebuyers because they simply don't want to deal with the fact of people not knowing what they want, not knowing what they can get into, not knowing a realistic payment amount or anything like that. 
You know, so there's always double sides to the coin. But I think the expert and the accreditation and everything is something that's thrown out far too often. We have to really sit down and focus on what it is we enjoy. The other nice thing when we do that is we can start projecting that message to other people and they get an understanding for it. And when you project a message of something that feels good and feels right to you, it's a genuine message and people can buy into that. You know, bear in mind that people buy into what it is you do because of why you do it. They don't buy into it because you're like, hey, I'll make a lot of money if I do this. Would you like it too? They buy into it because, hey, I can help people do X, Y, and Z, and this is my why. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, like singers. Singers do the same thing. If you know, stars. Why does a why is a star a star? We live in Nashville, Tennessee, where we have some of the best talent in the world all around us. Yeah. I mean, we're talking musicians, we're talking vocalists, we're talking sound engineers, all these people that live here in Nashville. Well, what makes one of those people win the golden lottery ticket, if you will, and become a star? Right, exactly. Well, and the the big thing with that, so you have people like Ryan Upchurch. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk about him, and I love using him as an example because he is as real as they come when it comes to country-ish singers, Mm -hmm. you know, music type. He's a fucking redneck. Well, he sticks to that, too. He sticks to it. That's his – but in, in a sense, that's his market. You know, that's a brilliant Mm -hmm. plan because the thing is, that's who he is. He's a redneck, you know, and he makes very good music and he speaks the truth when he sings and talks and everything else. But the thing is, is you have people that will relate to that. Being a redneck in Chicago probably wouldn't work too well. But we're in Nashville, Tennessee, and we're in an area where that works very well. And people appeal to that because they got sick of the, you know, the black tie affair that Mm -hmm. every country music artist is into now. He does his own shit and he does it well. And that's part of being a specialist and understanding. You know, you can be the person you are. Like me, when you come to the office, I'm not wearing, you know, a suit and tie and everything else. That's just not who I am. And plus, there's a relation when you get people that are veterans and they come in and and there's not an intimidation factor, but there's that factor that, hey, you know, do I really trust this guy? He's suited and tied up. You know, I've been been, – trained my whole life to not trust people like this. And here I am making the biggest financial decision I'm ever going to make to some dude that's got a tie on that's so tight he's fucking suffocating. Mm-hmm. You know, instead, there's that relationship. And it's, oh, he's cool. You know, he, he tells me how it is. And that's why our agents like us. Yeah. We tell it like it is. There's no sugarcoating bullshit. And when you're passionate about something, you can figure those things out. I have other agents that are working deals with other lenders that will call me and say, hey, I got this VA hang up. Do you know how to fix this? And I know how to fix it. And I'm a specialist, not even an expert, and I can figure out the solution most of the time. But getting into that and marketing properly, whatever it is you do, you know, you and I could sit here and talk for hours about jet skis, but eventually you'll lose my attention because it's not what I'm interested in. Yeah. Now, if we have a common ground like guns, for example, we can talk for hours about guns because I like it and you like it. That would be a great market to be in if we had, obviously, the capital and everything else to start a gun shop or the want to even do that because you could literally sit there and talk to your clients for days. You can post any content on Facebook talking about it, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff because you're ingrained and embedded with that. So what I encourage people to do this year is find that niche, niche. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, another good example too, and it's another music example because obviously I like the music stuff. And being in Nashville, we have that all around us. But you take a guy like Kenny Chesney. Started out with singing normal country songs, you know, did really well. But then when he found his niche, which was the 
island theme and the beach and and the islands out in you know in the middle of the Caribbean or wherever he is, th- those kind of things. He fell into that niche and just blew up because right. he was very passionate about the islands. Well, that's his thing. Jimmy Buffett, right? You know, you same talk thing. about music, same exact same thing. thing. Jimmy Buffett is a very targeted marketing. Or Guess Kid what? Rock. Kid Rock's another one. Yeah, and these people, Jimmy Buffett's got followers, mm-hmm. fucking ninety nine years old. Like they're one foot in the grave, yeah, and the they're parrot, still what rocking. Is it, the parrot. Um, the parrot heads or something yeah, like parrot that. Heads, yeah. yeah, and they're still rocking it. Like there's people out there. There's probably 99-year-old people right now listening to this podcast with a parrot head on drinking a fucking margarita on some beach. Yeah. At least with I'd those like shoes to believe, and the sunglasses, yeah. I'd, I'd like to believe there is. But, I mean, like Jimmy Buffett sells yeah. out. Why? Because sure. he is very – he knows his audience. Yeah. He knows what he's great at. He knows what message he is able to project. And he knows who it is he's selling to, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a passion of his. Right. And that's what you're saying about Upchurch, too, and all these people is is they've fallen into their niche. They haven't just – just because they're good artists and they can they can sing or they can, they can perform and they can do these things doesn't mean that they're going to go anywhere unless they fall into something that bleeds out their personality into the world. Right. Having the passion to do it. That's just like children, you know. I'm, I'm in a stage right now where I'm asking Rowan, do you want to do jujitsu or gymnastics? Are you waiting for the confirmation too like that? <laughs> I'm waiting for her to tell me which one, you know, because that's what I want to know. I want to know, do you want to do jujitsu or gymnastics? Because I want her to do something she's passionate about. Yeah. I want her to, you know, at her age, she's going to have to find different things. And we, we may stick her into 20 different programs before we figure out a place that she likes to be Mm -hmm. at. But she has to be passionate because nobody wants to be told to get up in the morning and go to a place you hate. You know, that's like people out there that work. They get up in the morning and they get in their car and they're fucking miserable and they drive to a place that they hate and they wait for the clock to tick down and there's no production coming out of them. Why? Because they do just enough to get by in order to live for the day. Mm-hmm. And I know that some people, because there's always some, that will be like, that's not everybody. I love what I do. Good for you. I'm glad that you love what you do. That is important and that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you love what you do, cool. It doesn't matter if you work for yourself, work for somebody else. It does, none of that shit makes a difference. Just finding something you're very good at. Like I know people that are welders, that are badass welders. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies, Travis, this dude can lay down a bead that looks like a roll of dimes. And he loves doing that, you know, and that's his passion. No one's going to say, dude, you need to find something else because there ain't no future in welding. The fuck there ain't. Yeah. Stuff needs to be welded all the time. Right. You know, speaking of passions, I want to talk about our buddy Dave Ganatra over at House on the Rock Home Inspection. I want to talk about somebody that's passionate about making sure people know what it is they're getting into when they're buying a new home, making sure that they know that, hey, if this problem is going to pop up, it's probably going to pop up in X amount of time. Or, hey, you may have this issue that you didn't know about because you don't have the trained eye. Be sure to reach out to his team. Tell me these guys are the greatest, in my opinion. 615-717-7900. But back to the passion. You know, it's it's about being able to engage in something that you enjoy. You know, people say that if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a border between that. And I don't mean a border like a big wall. I mean a border like... You know, you have this situation where <laughs> you can Sorry. get into doing something that you love and then you wind up hating it because you spend so much time ingrained in it. So it's, you know, you have to have that balance there. Keep things separate. And, you know, in your position, like you're really good at organizing things, keeping things detailed, stuff like that. That would be a great career path for you. But would you want to spend your whole life just being detailed and dealing with bullshit like that? No, it's more of a curse. I may be good at it, but it's more of a curse. It's not fun. Right, right. So – and also, 
you know, when you get out there and you do those things, you want to project that image and you want to be consistent about it. It's kind of like your favorite TV show that you see every Monday at 6 o'clock. If you went next week, Monday at 6, you turn it on to your favorite program and it doesn't come on, what are you going to do? You'd be kind of upset. You do it the following week, same thing happens, program doesn't come on, what are you going to do, Jeff? You're going to find a different program to watch, right? (laughs) Yeah. If you're not consistent with your message, people will find a different program to watch. Keep in mind, your sphere of influence reaches out to you and enjoys having you in their company because they enjoy what it is you have to say, and they enjoy seeing what it is you have to say on a consistent, consistent basis. So keep your message the same. Keep training in what it is that you do best, no matter what it is. If you're a dog poop picker-upper, be the greatest dog shit picker-upper there is, period. You know, whatever it is that's your passion, nobody's going to fault you for finding something that makes you happy and makes makes you successful, even if it's working for someone else. You hear it all the time. People are like, go work for yourself. The only way you're ever going to make it in life is to go work for yourself. That's not true. There's plenty of people that make it that work for other people that just enjoy what it is they do, and that makes them happy. Not everybody needs the golden ticket and the giant paycheck in order to live their life, so... Any closing words, Jeff? No, I, I just the dog poop picker upper thing. It, it, I just had a visual of some guy walking around behind a dog trying to grab it before I mean, it even hits the ground. Think about it. <laughs> think about it. You're walking. You know, you're you're at the dog park. You're picking up piles. You know, they call you Gomer Pile, and you pick up one, and boom, there's a diamond ring in it. You know, and and you're the person that could save somebody from having to replace a diamond ring because you found it in a pile of shit. You know, I don't know. I, I was trying to be optimistic <laughs> yeah, about it. But there is. There's people that truly enjoy that stuff, yeah. you know, and, and that's good. We need people like that in the world, people that enjoy what it is they do because it makes for a pleasant experience for everybody else. You know, if you walk into Chick-fil-A, I don't know if those people enjoy what they do or not, but they sure act like they fucking love it Yeah, because they are happy and they are respectful and they're there and whatever you need, they take care of. True. You walk into other fast food restaurants and you know they don't like what they do because they're pissed off, your order's wrong, and they're not respectful. So anyways, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Hope that you are having a great day. We will talk to you soon.